0: Hi everyone, this is Play Me A Recipe. I'm Alexandra Cropanzano coming to you from my kitchen in New York City. Today we'll be making a French pound cake from my new book Gâteau, The Surprising Simplicity of French Cakes. It's easy, delicious and quick. The recipe is linked in the show notes and on food52.com and if you have my book it's on page 19. I've included 52 variations for this pound cake. I didn't even count, but I keep discovering new ones and today I'll give you the option to make this pound cake into a cardamom coffee pound cake or into a jam cake and give you the option to just stick with a basic recipe which is not at all boring. It's terrific. It's the classic. So first we'll be gathering ingredients. You'll need eggs, sugar, butter, ideally French or European style, but American Land O'Lakes is just fine, unsalted, Uh, flour, sea salt, vanilla, and citrus zest, that can be orange or lemon. And we'll be doing everything alongside each other, so feel free to pause or rewind if you need a little bit more time. But before continuing, preheat the oven to 350. Now for this recipe, we'll use either a 9 by 5 inch loaf pan, or a longer French loaf pan. You'll want to butter and flour the pan or use parchment paper. Now, don't worry that I didn't list baking powder. It's not on the recipe because the eggs provide the lift. Trust me, this recipe has been around for a few hundred years in France, long before baking powder was born, and so it has really stood the test of time. Now, for the ingredients, let's get those on the counter. I like to have all my ingredients measured before I start. And if I haven't had time to bring my eggs to room temperature, I just separate them right away and they warm up pretty quickly. And for melting butter, I microwave it and then I pour it into a wide bowl and it will cool just enough to use. It doesn't have to be super cool, just just a little less than hot. So we're gonna want four large eggs separated, ideally at room temperature, one cup of granulated sugar, Fourteen tablespoons of unsalted butter that's melted and slightly cooled. If you're using a scale, this is 200 grams or seven ounces. If you're using one of those little Président butters, it's actually the whole pack. Two teaspoons vanilla extract, the grated zest of one orange, one and a half cups plus one tablespoon or 200 grams of cake flour, and one half teaspoon of fine sea salt. Now if you're making a cardamom coffee version, you'll also need one and a half teaspoons of freshly ground cardamom. I like to use the black seeds from the green pods for that, and two teaspoons of espresso powder. King Arthur makes one uh, easy to find online. If you want to make a jam version of this cake, simply have a jar of jam on hand. We'll get into that later once the cake is already baked. So, but while you're gathering, I'm going to tell you the genius of this recipe. So gluten is formed when you mix flour and water and egg whites are mostly water. By waiting to add the egg whites until the flour has been coated in melted butter guarantees that you will never produce anything but a delicate tender crop. So there's no risk in overmixing because you're not mixing unprotected flour with water in egg whites. I love that about this recipe. Once I learned how to do this, I do this as often as possible. And it's also great to do with kids because there's no, again, there's no risk of over So you can stir and stir and stir and it's never gonna get tough. Now, if you wanna increase or decrease this recipe, it's easy. You simply weigh the eggs in their shells and use that as the weight for the butter and flour. So it's like our pound cake except that all the weights are based on the weight of the eggs because farmers never knew how many eggs they'd have. They had the flour presumably and the sugar and the butter but the eggs were always the variable. Okay now that you've got your ingredients measured and laid out let's get going. In a good sized mixing bowl whisk the egg yolks to break them up a bit. I'm actually going to do this in a Handheld mixer because it's easy. See, I'm putting these little hand beaters in, and you're hearing all the noises of my kitchen. Okay, so right now the egg yolks are frothy, and I'm just adding the sugar. And now that I have the sugar, I am going to whisk these, or in fact, because I'm lazy, I'm going to Turn my hand beater right back on, and I am going to beat until this mixture is pale and a little voluminous. Okay, so now I have this really beautiful pale, pale yellow, thick egg yolk and sugar mixture. And I then add everything except for the egg whites. So right now, we are going to start by adding the melted butter, which has been a little bit cooled, and we're going to add the vanilla, which I'm actually gonna measure now. Getting the last of the melted butter in, and to do two teaspoons of vanilla, because I'm actually going to do this with the cardamom and the coffee powder. I'm gonna add that and I chose to use the zest of an orange because I actually think that orange and cardamom is just a great combination, but you could could do lemon, any other citrus fruit that you happen to have, like a, a mandarin if you wanted to do that. So now that I have the butter, the vanilla, the spices, the powder, the orange zest mixed into that beautiful, thick, pale egg yolk and uh, sugar mixture. I'm going to make a little bit of noise again and um, and beat this but I'm really at this point beating it just to integrate all the ingredients until they're smooth and homogenous. And now I am going to pour in the flour and I'm actually going to use a rubber spatula here just to make sure that I fully 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 integrate everything. So the flour is going to be coated from the get-go in that delicious melted butter. So there will be no risk of, of forming any kind of gluten. So what I like to do here, again, because mixing is not a problem here, is I give it just a little bit of a mix with a spoon first so that the flour doesn't shoot all over the place. And then I actually will use the beaters. Okay. So now I have an integrated mix, and I am going to go and beat those egg whites in a stand mixer. I tend to start at a really low um, motor speed, kind of two, three, and then I usually raise it to at least eight. But I like to wait a minute because I'm not trying to integrate massive amounts of air right away. So you'll see that it will speed up in a minute. So while the eggs are being beaten in the mixer, uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the book. So I've written a dessert column for the Wall Street Journal for, I don't know, 12 years? And so I suppose it's no wonder that I wanted to debunk this incredibly great myth that Parisians return home after work and just whip up a batch of impossibly delicate macaron or l'air à mille foie, but also to shine a spotlight on the real brilliance of French home baking, because the classics are in fact truly brilliant. And I learned growing up in in Paris that the French really do bake far more at home than we ever imagine. And I think that's because we assume that they either buy their pastry or that they have as I said these genetic superpowers that allow them to come back and make these impossibly intricate desserts. And in fact, they bake far more simply than we can imagine. And they really do bake from a range of classics that lend themselves to seasonal riffing and improvisation, just like what we're doing today. And, you know, the other thing that really inspired me is that some of the recipes that I grew up knowing and that my friends bake, you know, in doing a little bit of research, I realized that a lot of these recipes date back to even the Middle Ages, you know. There are, there are recipes that are still made today and yes we have baking powder and yes we have convection ovens and as we see right now we have a stand mixer and all of these incredible modern conveniences but, but the basic flavor profiles in some of these recipes have just been around forever and I love that the French are really connected to their history and they are not necessarily wowed by novelty um, or trends, but that they, they really want to return again and again and again to the things that, to the recipes that have stood the test of time and are beloved and really work and are comforting in their familiarity, but don't have what we sometimes think of as the hallmarks of comfort food, which can be very bland. Um, these are very, strongly flavored, uh, you know, really beautiful recipes. So those were those were a couple of the things that inspired me, and I, you know, I think that if you're beginning to bake, this is actually a great book, because it's, it's not, these recipes are, some of these are even made by kindergarten kids. I mean, they're like the yogurt recipe that is, you know, is starting to be well-known here, um, kind of classic French yogurt cake, that is made with the little cups that yogurt comes in in France uh, is made in Maternelle, which is nursery school, and this recipe, this pound cake, is learned really early also. And I think part of what makes it table which means foolproof, is that, as I said, because you you are basically coating the flour in the fat from the melted butter before you're adding the egg whites which contain all of that water you're not risking the formation of gluten so even a even a kid who wants to mix and mix and mix can really stir this batter and you know it it will not get tough so a lot of these recipes are not only really brilliant and that is why they've stood the test of time but but they are also they're also family recipes And then if you want to get into the more complex uh, recipes, you know, then you really hit those holiday sections where you can do bouche de Noël or you can do these incredible genoises, which are actually very simple but you can can kind of build them into layer cakes and you can add buttercreams or you can just go with a little fruit and jam. So these recipes are very, very adaptable and I, I love that you know, I think the French have a lot of obviously have a lot of confidence about cooking. They grow up Generally knowing food very well and having a, a strong connection to it, and and that allows them to to really bake with a little bit more uh, confidence and casual kind of sub warfare. So I I love that because I think that too often you know when you're having people over to dinner there's that stress factor and I think that that stress factor is exponential if you're trying a new recipe or you're trying something that actually should be left to the professionals. And the French really, really, really leave the detailed, complex, intricate cooking and baking to the professionals, to those, you know, this pâtissiers who have trained and apprenticed and gone to culinary school and, you know, and kind of worked their way up, but have been, have been essentially baking at a very high level for many, 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 many years. Whereas at home, you really want to be able to do something that is simple enough that you can make it absolutely, fantastically, perfectly, almost in your sleep, and know that it will come out right every single time. So that was that was the other thing I really wanted to convey to all of you who I hope will read the book. Um, that it baking is, you know, it's one of those things that for surprisingly little effort—that's the great secret—you can you can really deliver something that makes people smile and just take great pleasure uh, at the end of a meal. So I hope you do that. Okay, so I now have soft peaks in my egg whites and I'm gonna just add a tiny bit of salt to that and then I'm gonna turn the mixer back on and I'm gonna beat until they form stiff peaks. You want them them to be stiff but not super dry. You'll know because they'll still have a nice sheen to them. Okay, I've added the salt, and I'm gonna turn this right back on. Okay, I have stiff peaks. I'm gonna take this out of the mixer. I'm gonna take the bowl, I should say. Now, I'm gonna take about a quarter of those beaten egg whites, and I'm just gonna stir that into the batter, and this will lighten it enough so that I can fold in the remaining egg whites without deflating them. So when you mix in that first quarter of egg whites, you really can, I do this with a rubber spatula, you really can use a strong hand for that. Okay, and you'll see this is a really thick batter. It is, it does not, um, it's not very liquidy, not to worry. It's gonna be a moist, moist, fantastic cake. So I am now adding the rest of the egg whites and you can either, you can fold one into the other or the other into the other, it doesn't matter. Whichever bowl is big enough. And when you mix, you know, you can mix with energy, but you do, you definitely want to not put pressure. You don't want to deflate those beaten egg whites. So you want to use a circular folding motion, but you definitely don't want any streaks remaining. So don't worry about overfolding. As long as you're using a light touch, And again, not putting too much weight down onto the egg whites, you are golden. Okay. Oh, this is beautiful. And I just, I love the smell of cardamom and I love the smell of coffee. So this is two of my favorite things in this. So just making sure that I have absolutely all of those egg whites. And then I'm going to pour that batter right into the prepared cake pan. In this case, a loaf pan. Again, that loaf pan should be either um, buttered and dusted with some flour or it should be completely covered in parchment. And One thing I do when I'm using parchment is I create actually enough of an overhang so that I can literally pick the cake right out of its pan at the end, instead of having to invert it, and to do that you kind of need about three inches, I would say, on either Side to lift it up. Again, I'm using a rubber spatula to make sure that I get every last bit of that batter. You know, lightly, again, without deflating the egg whites in the batter, I'm just going to use the rubber spatula to smooth that batter so that it is even on the top. This is a rustic dish. It's not meant to look perfect, but you definitely want The batter to be pretty evenly distributed throughout the loaf pan so that you don't have all of it on one side or anything. Okay, we are good to go. This is looking gorgeous. I am going to put this into my 350 degree oven for about 55 minutes. I will start checking it at 50 minutes and you can also just use your sense of smell when it starts to smell like it is a baked cake it will be a baked cake, it will be ready. So, we're gonna take a little break while this bakes and uh, I'll be back to you. Hi everybody, we're back. This is Play Me a Recipe. I'm Alexandra Crapanzano, and today we're making a French pound cake from my new book, Gâteau, The Surprising Simplicity of French Cakes. The variation of the day is cardamom espresso chocolate chip. Okay, so the cake should smell done when it's done, which is something I have learned as a baker uh that that actually when a cake starts to smell done it really means definitely uh, you need to go check it immediately but when you if you happen to be in the kitchen while you are baking really start to pay attention to the way that the smells develop and and over time if you are not an experienced baker but becoming one you will really learn that there's so much that you can detect from the smell, and you can really start to detect readiness and when a cake is nearing readiness. Um, The flavors here, the aromas are really pronounced in a beautiful way. So, you know, I'm smelling, I'm smelling the espresso, I'm smelling the cardamom, I'm not smelling the chocolate exactly, but I'm definitely smelling butter, right? Um, (laughs) Which is one of the great things about baking a cake. When this cake is done you should absolutely be able to put a knife in the center, take it out and see that it is clean of crumb, meaning that it doesn't have to be completely a dry knife when you take it out, but it should not have real bits of kind of moist batter stuck to it. And if for some reason you hit a chocolate chip and it comes out chocolatey, just try that knife test again because it just means that you've hit chocolate. It doesn't necessarily mean that the cake is not done uh, the cake will have a nice uh, deep golden brown color in this case simply because of some of the things we've added to it like the espresso if you do not use the espresso you will probably end up with a cake that is a much paler golden but it should still be golden All right. oh my gosh it smells so good time to take it out of the oven I've removed the cake from the oven and I let it cool in its pan for about 10 minutes before unmolding it to a wire rack to cool to room temperature. The smell is just incredible, isn't it? So now we have choices. We have lots of choices. The cake is delicious as is. It needs absolutely nothing. But if you want to make a glaze, I recommend mixing about Two teaspoons of espresso with a quarter cup of confectioner's sugar. If you have coffee extract, you can use a quarter teaspoon of that. Uh, Maybe half a teaspoon, depends on taste. Uh, If you have cardamom extract made by Burlap and Barrel, they make an incredible one. I think it's the only one on the market. Uh, You could use, again, maybe a quarter teaspoon of cardamom extract to four tablespoons of confectioner's sugar. Taste it, see how you like it had more of either one, depending on taste. Then you wanna just pour this glaze down the center of the cake and let it drip down the sides. It's meant to look rustic, not too fussy. Now, another idea is to stir a little ground cardamom into some creme fraiche, uh, or you could do the cardamom extract and serve the cake with dollops of this cream. You can never go wrong with creme fraiche. But as I said, I like this cake without adornment. And you know, the first time you make it, try it by itself first, see what you think. It's great with a cup of coffee in the morning, it's great later in the day with an afternoon espresso, and of course it's incredible for dessert. Now when I do serve it, say for a, a dinner party or with you know friends coming over, I probably do add a little bit of glaze or a creme fraiche. Sometimes I dust it with a little confectioner's sugar mixed together with a little cocoa powder. Uh, You could also bake it in a round cake pan and blanket it with a rich dark chocolate ganache. As I said, I like this cake also just without any additions. It's nicely rustic, I love the deep golden brown color, I love the fragrance of it. Before signing off, let me tell you about a few other options. So you can take this cake in a totally different direction and go the citrus route and add the zest of an orange and a lemon, say, then add a soaking syrup or a glaze with a little bit of that juice. You can use orange blossom water, rose water, you can add chunks of apple and a little bit of apple brandy and maybe two teaspoons of cinnamon. You can add chunks of peeled pears and maybe add a little Poir williams you can make a chai pound cake you can add candied ginger you can add candied lavender you can make this with some candied sorry with some yuzu juice uh, mixed into the confectioner's sugar for a fantastic glaze you'll find all the details in my book gateau the surprising simplicity of french cakes So just a reminder, today's recipe can be found in the episode notes. It's also on food52.com and it's on page 19 of my book. I really hope you love the cake. I hope you love the book. Thanks for baking with me.